Good morning. Welcome to the Lead Live on a Monday morning. It's Valentine's Day. Glad that you're here with us. Let's get things rolling. The Lead Live is brought to you by Pint and Plow Brewing Company. Kerrville, Texas. Our good friends over the Texas Country Advisors, they'll be here later tonight. Andrew and Gilbert. Their show's at 6 o'clock tonight. K-Pub, safe, reliable, and yours. And Peterson Health. Also, don't forget our good friends over at Kerr County Abstract and Tyler Company. Shriner University. Arcadia Live, Fitch Estate Sales, Greg A. Richards Law, and I'm missing one, Eurotex, they're here as well. Thanks everybody for joining us this morning on The Lead Live, I'm Louis Amistoy, and uh, don't forget that you can subscribe to The Lead Live for $5.99 a month and $54.99 per year. Uh, it is going to be a great show today. Robert O'Keefe will be joining us shortly. It's Valentine's Day, and I decided that I needed to bring in somebody far lovelier than myself. There she is, Natalie Peppett. Good morning. How are you? I'm so happy to be here. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you. How 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 are you? I'm good. Everything's great. I'm tired, but I'm good. Uh, tired from what were you? Did you did you did you watch Super Bowl last night? Did you? You know what I have to admit i'm a very typical girl and i just watched the halftime show the halftime show was ridiculous <laughs> you're nodding with me <laughs> that's yeah. it i don't i don't watch a lot of football but i loved the halftime show the halftime i thought show it was, was awesome was awesome i thought well, it was fantastic what was interesting was i thought you know what they're all lip syncing and um but I, I noticed that dr dre on the last set like you could tell that he had to walk across the set and then go up the stairs he was a little winded because he's like a man. He's a man of a certain age now. He's in well, his fifties. Yeah, and that's what me and my husband were saying. Right. Um, I mean, they're all in their. They're all in their. Their. They're like fifties. Like fifties. Yeah. I mean, I thought it was amazing. I couldn't do that. I'm 26. Yeah. Ice so cube or I mean, not ice I, cube. <laughs> uh, Fifty Cent was hanging from his hanging from, I his, know. from his knees basically. It was crazy. It was amazing. I thought it was great. I loved um, it. It was a true homage to uh, to Southern California hip hop, California hip hop that I grew up with, and that was, you know, Dr. Dre, N.W.A., all those guys. Uh, Eminem came out, too, and that was that was an interesting group. And someone said that Matthew Stafford and Eminem performing in the Super Bowl will the cl- be the closest that the Lions ever get to winning a Super Bowl. So that will be something That's to be, be as well. It was a, just a good show, and uh, it wasn't fake. It was just fun, and uh, it was good to see all those guys out there. Uh, Natalie's going to tell us a little bit about what's going on with her because every time I talk to her, something new's happening. It's well, just that, you out of control. Keep fresh. <laughs> I know, right? It, exactly. Oh my gosh! You had um, what? What is it? What happened? Th- this your empire has expanded. It has your galactic <laughs> empire has expanded. <laughs> well, we recently acquired um, Tomei Boutique here in Kerrville um, about three weeks ago. Yeah, would, maybe maybe three and a half. I might be might be a little off there, but we just acquired them, and it's been. Absolutely fantastic. It was already a great boutique that everyone already knew and loved. And so it was really, it's been such an honor to take over truly. And it's been so much fun. A lot, a lot of work. Yeah. I don't, I hope I put enough makeup on under my eyes. so You can't tell how tired I am, but it's been so much fun. So we took all of our clothing from Gold Cup Live where we already had it on Earl Garrett. And all of that is now moved over to Tomei Boutique. So Tomei is like just packed full. We renovated like crazy. Shout out to Champagne Construction for literally doing that in right. five days. They did so much work. It was amazing. Um, there's my shameless plug right there. Right. No, no, no worrying about that. I mean, you got you to you thank those people who made that happen. Oh, my right? gosh. They really did. It was fantastic. And then, of course, Aurora Jolene um, did the mural and she d- worked through the night. 
literally. And if y'all wow. haven't seen our photos, I've been posting them everywhere, and I'm just going to absolutely smother the internet in these photos because it looks so beautiful, my unbiased opinion. Is Aurora still painting, or is she done with her murals? She is done right now. We we are talking about doing a phase two mm -hmm. and adding more, but right. for right now, it's done. But yeah. it, it's so beautiful. She painted these beautiful roses all over the walls oh, and nice. ceiling. And then she painted Stop and Smell the Roses right when you walk in. It's just and her, uh, her her color use is incredible. She's amazing. Yeah, I mean she's her color amazing. use is just incredible. Oh, and she's a delight to be around. Yeah. On top of oh, that. she's very nice. Oh she's my very gosh, nice. we love her. Yeah, I, I was very impressed. I'm I, I, I'm always impressed when I talk to her, and she produces. There's something about her. I, I took a photo of her and Julie Davis when they unveiled the the mural over at the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Mm -hmm. She just kind of like exudes like happiness and yeah, joy. She does. You know? She really does. She has such good energy mm -hmm. and like you just feel like you're her friend. You're right. We were so sad when the whole crew had to leave because she was working. At, she was painting as they were doing construction. And right. so once everyone left, me and my manager, Alyssa, were both so like, oh, everyone's gone. All of our friends are gone. Right. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, a couple of news and notice items for. Have a seat, sir. Have a seat. How are you? Uh, Robert Rolkeen has, has now has now come in uh, come into the building, and uh, I, I I've heard that he's been to Pine and Plow before. Do you want coffee or anything? Uh, Nicole, she's going to take care of. Okay, all right. Uh, so Nicole's taking care of that. My daughter is uh, making the coffee this morning. So it's a it's a full family operation here on the lead. <laughs> uh, a couple of news and notes uh, for this morning to get off with uh, the commissioner's court's meeting today. And they're going to talk about development and lots of development issues coming uh, that, that way through the uh, through the lead uh, in the next few days. Um, there's 170 home sites uh, on their docket for today. Although most of these are large scale properties that are on four or five acres at the most. Um, so they're not like crammed in there, but there's still a lot of big, big development issues there. That starts this already underway this morning. Uh, the city of Kerrville may be close to securing land for the public safety building. They're meeting tomorrow for a workshop session. And um, that could be as early as um, they could make that decision possibly uh, in the next uh, two weeks where they're going to put that building. Um, and remember, it has to be at least seven acres for to fit the 69,000 square foot, one story footprint of the, of the room. Uh, on Sunday, the Texas Department of State Health Services said that there was one uh, new death from COVID-19, the second death in February. This death happened on the 6th of February. Um, we have now have 20 deaths this, this year and 200, more than 200 since the start of the pandemic. Uh, tomorrow night over at Tucker Hall at the St. Peter's Episcopal Church, you can join the conversation about Precinct 2 Commissioner's Court. There is a four-way race there for the GOP nomination, and that's going to feature... Um, uh, Fred Henneke will be will be moderating that panel with Sonia Hooten, Rich Paces, Dan Kubaneka, and Jack Pratt. Those are your four GOP uh, uh, candidates, and uh, that should be an interesting one as well. Uh, and then a, a little a little bit of political nastiness over the weekend too. Uh, Wesley Vertle, who is challenging Andy Murr in the District 53 House race, uh, went on the attack and said that uh, Andy Murr's uh, does not live in the district. His homestead exemption is in New Braunfels. And apparently, um, I called Andy, and we talked for a while. His exp explanation is, is that his, he lives on the Stevenson Ranch. And for those who are unfamiliar with Texas history, his grandfather was Coke Stevenson, who was um, the governor of the state of Texas, uh, a political rival of LBJ's. Um, and, and that ranch is owned by m multiple members of that family. So Andy's part of that family. They don't, he doesn't own it outright. So he can't claim a homestead exemption there. He got married in 2018. His wife had uh, a number of assets that are not part of their marriage. And so it's one of these complicated things when you have a, you know, a new marriage and you have one person has assets, the other person has assets. How do you mix them all together? So I think it's really, I mean, if you follow Andy Murr on, on social media for the last few years, the guy is constantly in junction. He's either going to church there or his kids are going to school there. I mean, he's got stuff going on, so I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, a little suspicious of this. But when you're the underdog, like Vertle is, you're gonna, you're gonna go after the big dog. So there you go. 
All right. Uh, oh, by the way, if you missed it, I, got, I have a video. I got. I got. It wouldn't. Sh- for a reason. Here's the beauty of this platform I'm on. You'll share it on Facebook, and then it doesn't work on my thing, which is Facebook. I don't understand it. But uh, Clifton Pfeiffer put on a great uh, lecture on Saturday on Black History Month over at the Kerr uh, Regional History Center, Kerr County Regional History, History Center, and he just did a great job. And he sang some songs, as Clifton only can. It was just fabulous. Um, also, on Thursday, if you missed it, too, they were teaching kids how to make truffles. And there was a six-year-old girl there who made these things. I mean, it was it was fun. It was a fun It was a fun event. you got to love the Bud Holdsworth Library. They always have something cool going on there, and that's something that you guys get, need to uh, to enjoy. And uh, maybe check out a banned book. They have them. They have a whole section of banned books. So so check that out. All right. Uh, is Robert O'Keefe is with us now. And uh, Mr. Keene, y- have you ever had any of your work ever banned? Yeah, I have. Like, what was what was what's the most banned thing that you've had to deal with? Um, as far as like songs or something, yeah, bands? Right. Uh, so in uh, WMMNF in uh, Tampa, Florida, one time uh, there was um, a congressman that uh, got didn't like the whole public radio thing at all and uh, started leaning on this station, which is a really famous big station right. there in Tampa, and so he. Uh, Banned a song of mine called "Undone," uh, and he banned a Iris Dement song. Uh, I can't remember Iris's song, but and then also uh, John Kay's song, uh, "The Pusher" from the from like 1968. Wow! And uh, we uh, we all got together at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville and sang band songs. Also with my uh, <laughs> fr- friend Chip Taylor, who was uh, John. Voigt's brother, <laughs> and uh, he had he wrote he wrote Wild Thing in like 1966, right. and so that had been banned before. <laughs> so we all got together and sang our band song. It was really fun. Like it, Kiki Friedman, right, is still banned in, in some places, right? I mean, well, he, he's he's banned just on grounds that he's Kinky Friedman. <laughs> um, you are uh, we, I, one of the things I like to talk about is writing and storytelling. Mm-hmm. When you made your announcement that you were going to retire from from the road, mm-hmm. essentially, mm-hmm. I was like watching this thing, and I'm thinking to myself, you get to a point there where I, there's something wrong. He, he's sick. Mm-hmm. He, he's got something wrong. Then all of a sudden, boom! You drop the hammer. Like no, nothing wrong with me at all. I'm just going to retire. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like a, it was such a master stroke in storytelling. No, thank you. Um, Tell me a little bit about the process you have of writing and, and, mm-hmm. and storytelling. Well, uh, I've I've always been a writer and storyteller as long as I can remember. Uh, you know, like you know, like a lot any kids, you know, with their coloring book and and their little uh, big chief tablet and stuff, and right. you just write write stories. And I, I always had that interest. I, I remember using the word uh, silhouette when I was like six years old and having to look it up to spell it and showing my mom I used that word but I didn't really know what it meant right and, right and and things just pop into your head but uh from then on um I had this great interest in in songs and and it, when I write a song uh it's probably my my most default position as far as writing a song right. because uh, writing a song with a narrative is much more easy a lot easier for me than say writing an emotional right. song which i'd say about i don't know 80 90 of the songs that are out there that are popular are emotionally driven songs and they talk about you know i love you so much and i love you so much and this and that or i hate you so much or whatever right <laughs> right and uh so um i've always been able to i always like to couch uh, some of the emotion within the nar- narrative and writing the narrative is the easy part so you know, it was funny because like uh, the one song that I always love is is the, is the little line about um, you know feeling good again, and then mm-hmm. you, you know that that magical feeling, and it's it's on your website too. Mm-hmm. Uh, you put it in your pocket. Oh, oh, I've got mm-hmm. I've got a twenty. <laughs> <laughs> I can do some damage yeah, now. Right, right. You know, the three twenties and a ten. Yeah. I mean, I, I, that's one of my favorite lyrics. Yes. You know, yeah. Because it's such a it's such a uh, a true slice of life. I mean, mm-hmm. how many times have we you know gotten a pair mm-hmm. of pants out of the laundry and Oh, there's a $10 bill in there. Fantastic. Right. right. Well, it's always a good surprise. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, to be clear, though, you're not you're not retiring from music, though, right? You're no. not writing. You're still going to be writing and 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 and, uh, and working with people, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. What 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 what, what is that going to look like for you? Well, uh, we lived. I've lived here in the hill country for um, the better part of 30 years, if not past 30 years. Right. And uh, we started out in Bandera in 1987. We moved here on on April Fool's Day, 1987 <laughs> in Bandera. We lived over there on the Flying L for nine years. And then uh, my wife came in one day. Uh, we had a little office in Bandera. And she said, I'm going to go look at this uh, ranch, this place uh, out in Medina, and she said, do you want to come look at it? I said, why are we looking at it? She says, well, because I thought we might be interested. I said, I don't have any money. And she says, well, <laughs> I'm going to go look at it anyway. And she's just about to walk out there. I said, oh, okay, I'll go with you. So we went out there, and we got this place in Medina. And uh, that one, I didn't have any money, but like a month after that, uh, uh, Jeff Foxworthy made a record that had was a record of comedy songs where he sang. Right. I still know no one who ever owns that record, <laughs> but apparently they sold 4 million copies. Oh, really? And it had a song of mine on there. So I had enough money to put a down put payment it. on this place in Medina. So we lived nine years in Medina. And then uh, when my daughter Clara got to be uh, in fourth grade, moving into fifth grade, my wife decided that, that if we stayed in Medina, she's going to marry the Cedar Chopper. And then I explained to her that the Cedar <laughs> Choppers all left back in the 50s. And I couldn't convince her of that, and uh, and so we moved to Kerrville. Um, living in Kerrville it has been what for you? I mean, being here in this, in this community. Oh, it's it's you know where you finally find your place. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I found my place. So being out there in Medina, as much as I love it, I spend a lot of time out there still. Right. Uh, this is you know, this has everything one needs, and then not too much. Right. You know, you, you made a good point about it, not having any money because I think the popular conception is that all musicians are rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality of it is, is that the economics of the business have changed dramatically, right? Mm-hmm. What, does that, what does that look like now? Um, well, just the whole landscape of the world of music has changed mm-hmm. so much because the Internet and uh, anyone who can, uh, you know, has uh, a, a, an opposable digit, like yeah. my wife Kathleen <laughs> likes to say, <laughs> just because you have an opposable digit doesn't mean I'm going to answer your phone call. Right. But, uh, so uh, anyone can that has a computer can make songs up, and there are people, you know, that are not even not in, even two digits into their life, and, and they can, you know, make songs put there's all kinds of tools and stuff on the on your computer to make songs up and people are doing that these right. days so there's all kinds you don't have to find a studio you don't have to travel to la or nashville or new york you you can just sit right there and you can make some really great music and there's been some people that have been you know huge sensations that just made stuff right there in their own in, in the safety of their own home and Lana Del Rey's one uh, Bon Iver I never get that right Bon Iver yeah, bon yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Uh, those those are early you yeah. know but now it's just happening all the time Bon Iver basically locks himself in a room mm-hmm. for like with just like barefoot and yeah. days on end and just writes stuff and, right. and, and collaborates with people and right. tremendous um the uh, just for everyone out there uh, the text he is performing on February 26th here in Kerrville the last time for the Hill Country Youth Orchestra, which has been a big passion of his for many years now, uh, this weekend you're going to Nashville to play at Ryman. Um, mm-hmm. uh, what's it like? What's this next few months going to be like for you? Just travel, 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 play, play, play. Yeah, I, I, I'm making the most of it. Um, and uh, as far as like, uh, there are places that I want to repeat. We do. Uh, we've I've, since 1981. I've uh, always traveled outside of the state and the first show I ever did and that's where I get this 41 years is uh, 41 years on the road is the first show I ever played outside of the state was in Chicago and I had a couple of uh, band members at the time and we drove up to Chicago during Labor Day weekend and uh, played at the Old Town School of Folk Music up there and spent the whole weekend like with all our music friends that we knew from up there and played and played and then drove back just completely wiped out and tired and got back just in time to go back to our jobs and uh so that was where where it all all began and as far as like um just i'm just going to all the places that i've gone over all the years Uh, right there there are places 
in the United States that we do really well, the southeast all the way up through the mid-Atlantic states, up past, up to almost New England, uh, uh, up to Boston anyway. And then on across, you know, all the mountain states have always been good. It'd be easier just to say what hadn't been good, what hadn't been good is the true new Midwest, Ohio never has been much for me, and Indiana, that kind of stuff. So just all of that, we're just going to hit every place that I've, played over the years that uh people want to see us uh, and want to see us for one last last time i think um i was telling the story uh earlier that i i i'm pretty certain i saw you in bakersfield uh-huh. uh at an americana fest that mm-hmm. was there and because uh, i know that uh, ray wiley hubbard was there you were there and i've heard you i've heard it i've heard you mentioned worshipfully by many people in the music community before but how do you define Americana music? How do, what is the definition of it? I would say it's roots-based music, which is inclusive of country, blues, string band, bluegrass, um, uh, sing, definitely singer-songwriter. I, th- I would say the singer-songwriter part yeah. is probably the part that you almost have to qualify to consider yourself Americana. You're right. going to have to be making up your own songs at some point. Yeah. And uh, so um, that would that, that that pretty much covers it. But you know, we have a podcast called Americana Podcast, right. Fifty First, First State, and um, that's our goal is to expand and define the um, the Americana genre. We've uh, probably we've probably done um, interviewed thirty people over the last two and a half years. I'm going to be uh, interviewing um, one of Americana's really early. And greatest artist uh, Jim Lauderdale this this week, and we're going to put that out uh, later on in the month. So, um, Americana music is is somewhat a catch-all phrase for uh, music that everybody likes and doesn't really have a kind of a standard chart Billboard presence. You right, know? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a huge Avid Brothers fan, and uh, I mean, like yeah. when you go to their concerts, it's like, wait a minute, okay, you're going to play a country song here. Yeah. With a fiddle, but yeah. then you're also going to uh, do punk rock or even dance. Like dance. Go, yeah, exactly. go into Grateful Dead stuff. Right. Yeah, right. Um, the Americana, Americana podcast is available on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. If you want to take a look at it, mm-hmm. I have a link for it in the, mm-hmm. in the show. Mm-hmm. What has it been like, though, to make that transition to kind of podcasting as well? And now you're the interviewer. You're mm-hmm. talking to these artists. Mm-hmm. What do you what is your takeaway from that 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 experience? Uh, it's. It's been mind blowing as far as like opening me, opening me up to uh, a lot of new um, artists that I wasn't aware of or I just barely aware of. Right. When you when you go on the road, uh, what people don't know is that you're really insulated, and right. you and you might go to a lot of festivals and you might see some friends and stuff, but you don't hang out, write songs, that kind of thing. You don't do as much community kind of things as far as that on the road you're really just like one show to another show right. and you become like somewhat isolated and and uh you have to really work to continue to be part of the music community and um and that's one of the reasons that, I, that i'm going to retire from the road because right. i i'm not part of the music community enough and i'm on the road all the time and people don't even know what you do on the road because they don't you know, people don't really, people, uh, fans follow bands and stuff, but um, all your music pals and stuff, they don't know what you've been doing. Yeah, because, you know, like, I, w- I remember, you know, when I worked in Bakersfield, you know, the idea of getting Merle Haggard to do things was really difficult because he didn't want to leave the bus, mm-hmm. you know. He was mm-hmm. so yeah. into that, you know, right. and, and that was, the, until the end of his life, that was what he was Same doing. with Bob Dylan, B.B. King, Neil Young, yeah. Willie Nelson. That <laughs> I saw Willie Nelson about a year ago, and I was talking about the bus. He goes, it's your home. You yeah. don't want to leave your home. Right. Like, you don't want to leave your home. <laughs> like, you're like, no. No, I kind of do want to leave my home here, you know, this one with the, the rubber tires. So I want right. to get, get out of it. I mean, it's got to be, that's just got to be. <laughs> And that's going to be the hardest part is some of yeah. those some of those long long tours for sure. Uh-huh. Um, but it, it seems like the economics though too have kind of made the live performance really really important as well. Oh uh, well, they um, the, the the industry changed uh, the internet changed the industry and um, the industry had a really long and venerable standing as far as like being able to create legislation around. Uh, all the income streams that one could make as right. far as being a musician or writing songs in that, that business. And 
the internet, um, for good or bad, came in and just changed all the rules. So uh, all the money and all the all the things that people were getting paid uh, over the last almost hundred years of like royalties and things right. dropped to about ten uh, percent of what it used to be. Right. And right. so. Uh, you can no longer really make a living out of writing songs like, say, you know, anybody from Stephen Sondheim to Lesser or to the Gershwin Brothers and stuff. Just writing songs will not cut it anymore. You have to be more active and be more involved. Um, also, there's always there's been a push for many, many years to have people, whether they write or not, to claim that they write. And so you you add a add someone who can write and get you know if you can't write then you write with somebody else and you just split the song right yeah, like right, that right. and uh, the the song um, it's itself may be wholly written by say you know some other person but you get to put your name on it and then the artist can claim their you know artist singer songwriter and that's that's what's going on with a lot especially in pop music um there are multiple, multiple uh, co-writers on on pop songs right. usually. You know, do you, when with, with your writing process, um, you know, do, do you how long does it take you to write a song? And, and then who, who's your who's your kind of the person you you know you first go to? What do you think about this? I mean, who's your muse? I guess in that sense. Uh, my wife Kathleen is my she's right. she's my she's she's my feedback because she's you know, in the first place she doesn't suffer fools, which includes me right. and uh, and. Uh, she not she's not going to couch her opinion, and so uh, or you're not going to varnish your opinion, right. there, you know, right? Exactly. So, uh, and so you know, if she says it's not working, then I just take it as gospel, and I just go, okay, I'll just yeah. go back to the draw, drawing board. But if she lights up, I think I got something here. What's the difference between young Robert Earl Keen and Robert Earl Keen now, as far as writing goes? I use a bigger pencil and a bigger eraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I don't think everything that I uh, that I write down is genius, you right, know. Right, right. So I, I I'm, but this is all good is for for me because over the years I've come to just be you know just devour the language as the language and the use of the language and how you put not only just the words together but the sounds of the words together right. and how things fall together best or sing you know there. Are, took me forever to realize that like great singers uh the greatest singers can sing a sl song really slowly right. in an effort to make them uh, to make a song work in a real slow manner it needs to have the same sort of consonants or assonance in the song so you can not be getting tongue-tied in the middle of the, those right. those notes right so so like how you put just the sounds of the words together uh is become extremely important to me and i and and i and i don't i no longer am uh trying to you know get so to have some great great twist of plot or right, phrase right, you know right. i'm more worried about the sounds of the words and how they come out when one sings them and, and you know and being a musician as well i mean how has that changed through the years for you as well like playing do you still enjoy playing or do you just like i love singing? playing best two hours of my day is playing right yeah, yeah absolutely right. Yeah. You know, one of the interesting things that i i, I, I stumble because i spend too much time on social media unfortunately part of my job but you know i, I ran across this idiotic uh, conversation about um, unpopular opinions. Beatles are uh, the Beach Boys are better than the Beatles. Well, I thought it was like really a dumb conversation because I think the Beatles would tell you, uh, well, the Beach Boys are probably better than we are. I mean, they mm -hmm. were they're ones that weren't they didn't really have a lot of rivalry, mm -hmm. and they they seem to be collaborative and steal ideas all the time. Mm -hmm. Do you do you, is there is that what you think you were missing by being on the road? Is like the interaction with other musicians to to kind of kick ideas off of or to, to be inspired by? Um, I Yes, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, back to the podcast. It's, you know, I was introduced to so many. When we started the podcast three or four years ago, uh, the, I was introduced to so many great, great young artists. And I'm talking about anyone from, you know, 15 to 35. Mm -hmm. And just was amazed by how great they were. And I will have to say, there is a flood of great new artists, and I don't know where they got their inspiration or who 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 fed them some of the, the you know the the music and stuff where they learned it as a young person. But the 
the the group that's out there now is just flat amazing. And I remember thinking back when I was, you know, in the 90s and 80s, thinking there's nobody out there that's really very good these days. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you couldn't find a really, in the late 80s, you couldn't, other than uh, Randy Travis, you couldn't find a good country singer at all. They're just, you know, like in the in the elk of uh, Lefty Frizzell or, or even even uh, Tammy Wynette or something like that. You couldn't find them. They just, people just didn't sing like that, right? right? And now they just have some wonderful singers and, and then some of these writers, uh, Brent Cobb, Tyler Childers, these people are amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm just, like, I'm so glad that I woke up at the right time, you know, because <laughs> Ty- I get to be part of it. Tyler Childers is going to be with you uh, yeah. at the uh, Hill Country Youth, event, youth yeah. Orchestra yeah. Uh, event, uh, which is sold out at the Cal yeah. Theater. Uh-huh. What's that going to be like to play with him or to be, be Well, with him? I, I've known Tyler for a while. I, I met him uh, early on when he just started kind of, you know, getting some real popularity. But he is... I I can't tell you how unique he is. He's yeah. he is truly a uh, renaissance man wouldn't really cover the what he is is he's like he just was born in 1840 or something <laughs> and he's basically um I don't know Emerson's love child with right. Emily Dickinson or something. I right. mean the the man has an incredible facility for the language and he's a great player and a great singer and then he lives in eastern Kentucky in literally in I've been to his house in a holler and he has an outhouse and he trains mules to <laughs> to plow his field and i mean this isn't a novelty thing right. this is because he's it, totally interested in, he's it. Interested it, in that, right? yeah and and um it's just it's amazing to just know somebody like that especially that is so aware right you know? is it important for a musician to have other interests uh, other than absolutely just music? What, what, uh, yeah. what, what what is yours well I, I don't know, hunting, fishing, uh, reading, um, uh, you know, my other writing, I I, I memorize solilo- soliloquies from Shakespeare. I mean, I do all kinds of, all right. kinds of things. Uh, I've never been much of an engineer, though. Don't hand me a hammer and a nail and think <laughs> that, I, that anything's going to come right. of it good. Right. <laughs> uh, who's on your list for the podcast? Wh- who do you want to talk to? Oh, uh, well... <laughs> Um, uh, Tyler, I would like to talk to Tyler, but Tyler is, it doesn't, he, he says that he's country and he, and he, and it actually country doesn't really embrace him. They should, but they don't. And, uh, so, um, but he doesn't want to say that he's Americana either. So that, that would be, that would be one, but, um, uh, you know, Neil Young would be great. Yeah. I would love to, I'd love to get Neil Young. And then, uh, there's some younger people that, uh, I just don't really know and, uh, as far as uh, what exactly what they're doing s- so much, but I, I can't call their names right now. But uh, but there there's it never stops. As far right. as like who who can be part of it. Also, you know, our idea is like you know the term Americana. It, it does expand easily, just into. Uh, novels and books and plays and all kinds of you know yeah. you know Sam Shepard is Americana right right, right. Know, so yeah so so we you know we want to continue to push that that way yeah you know that's interesting that you know, thinking about Sam Shepard you know the playwright as uh-huh. being as being an Americana you know uh, force and that's that's yeah. I, I find truth in that because he's yeah. so he was always so authentic in everything yeah. he did absolutely absolutely and I mean you know he hung out with Bob Dylan and the band yeah you know? and right. so I mean and you know I, I would say. Bob Dylan is as much American as anybody there. Is, oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah. So, so and Sam Shepard. You know, I saw a play. Uh, I saw True West a couple of years ago uh, on Broadway uh, with Ethan Hawke and Paul Dano, mm-hmm. and I forgot how great that play was. It was so great. Yeah, yeah. and Ethan Hawke is such a big uh, fan of of the of Shepard's work right. as well. You know, right. and. and Making sure that it's still remembered and everything. Uh, Natalie, didn't you? You have a Robert Earl King connection, right? Is that right? Do I? Do I know your mom made some kind of comment about it? Like, um, me and Clara went to school together. Okay. Oh, great! I yeah. think that might be what my mom yeah. is talking about. Right, right. Yeah, yeah we're right. the same age. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I don't know what, <laughs> what other. Have you I been to the? Have. have you been to the Fourth of July shows? Oh yeah, I used to work the beer tents. 
Go. That's yes. good fun. Right. Yeah. That's free fun. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I will actually. Sure. I was actually. I'm looking forward to because that's been my. Fr- I. I. Every time I've been able to go, I've missed the show. Well, COVID knocked out one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wasn't here last year, uh, so this year will be my my one and only chance to see. To see you. You should you work perform. the beer tent. I should work the beer <laughs> you tent. You really yeah. should. It's is that, so that, much fun. Is that the the, fu- the best part of the deal? I think so because it's really the well. There's the music. Oh, the music. Well, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, the the beer tent was right next to the stage. I mean, yeah. it's just perfect. You can right. just see right through, and I mean, it was the perfect spot. And of course, there's beer. Yeah, it's great. You see everyone you know, and you're just having fun, and you're covered in beer, and then. You know, Robert Earl starts playing. It's really fun. Then it's it, then great. It, then, the, then the party really starts. Yeah, then the point, party right? starts. Uh, what's it like to play that show for you? Uh, uh, you know, perfect time, perfect uh, t- time of the year. It's, you know, uh, and not you know, not Thanksgiving or Christmas, not not family oriented, just friend oriented. Right. Basically, you know, it's like a, it's it's def- definitely a gathering of friends, not so much family you right. know, and, and which is sometimes a lot more fun <laughs> exactly. um when 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 you look at kerrville right now you call kerrville home but we have like this interesting vibe going on here mm-hmm. that you know, i've lived here for almost three years now and i'm just constantly kind of proud of what's going on here mm-hmm. you know you have the Callow theater mm-hmm. you have arcadia mm-hmm. you know you can make a concert venue out mm-hmm. of out of uh, louise hayes park um, what, what what does the future look like for Kerr County and Kerrville? Well, so far so good. I mean, still as she goes, I, I've always been proud of being part of Kerrville in that. Um, I tell people, uh, you know, uh, I, have, I have two things. Um, one is all's well that's Kerrville, right, right, <laughs> you right. know, and it's an easy place to live. Right. So, and it is. And those two to hold true, I think, you know, and, and uh, you know, they they continue you know they're progressive in a very slow methodical way but they are progressive right. and there are those there are those towns that you know shut down on that and it really doesn't do the town any good and then there's those ones that embrace too much at at one time and it's overwhelming and, right and brings in too many people that aren't part of the community you know and so i think kerrville so far has handled uh their growth and their um and, and their expansion really well. I, I'm really proud of them for the park out there. You know, I think about yeah. that state park. It used to be a state park, yeah, right? Yeah. Well, there are a lot of towns that did not go ahead and embrace those opportunities and, like, to skip that, to, like, say, what, that 700-acre park? And, right. and and they go, and the state goes, you can have it for a dollar. Right. And you go, I don't think so. I'm going to have my own state park or somewhere and, else. And it will also give you money to yeah. keep it up yeah. for, you know. Right. Uh, right, yeah. Yeah, exactly. so, like, they made some really smart choices, right. you know. And the guys that, that redid the Arcadia, you know, after years and years and years of talking about it, they, yeah. you know, and no one was ever really to there were some there, there were some uh, s- sort of uh, stop gaps and some obstacles, but they kept pushing it. And man, it's be- beautiful. I yeah. mean, it's uh, it, you played in there now, right? Or no, I've been in there, and it. I was I was kind of part of talking about how, what should go on. And I sent them early on a, a lot of pictures of some venues that I thought were the right kind of venue to like follow that that the architectural line. Yeah. Uh, not so much in aesthetic, but like uh, in practicality. Right. And they did great stuff with all these levels. I mean, that's how things are now. People always want to be able to stand up front. If you just do seating, there are always just people that are unhappy about like having to seat th- sit through an entire show, and right. like they right. see a show that they like, you know, band that they love, they want to jump up and jump up around, you know. And then they have seating up, you know, further up top, and they have these levels and these little tables and stuff. They did a really, really, really great job. And then that whole thing where they opened up that back to yeah. the that's the best part about it's it. Fantastic, it's incredible. You know? yeah. uh, the shiny ribs when I saw them play there uh, in December. I mean, <laughs> that was like that was like the first time uh, that you actually saw the potential. I mean, the real jam-packed potential of of that of people just on the dance floor doing the conga line. I mean, yeah. it was it was spectacular. Yeah. Um, the Hill Country Youth Orchestra for you is is what? What's what's important about it? Uh, well, number one, um, it's the only one in the country that's free. And I've had people argue with me that, you know, they had, well, we have this little thing over here in San Francisco or 
Tacoma or what, wherever. But it turns out none of those are really free. It's been going on for 35-plus years. Linda Abel started it back then and uh, created a system where anyone, any kid who's interested in the violin, viola, cello, or bass, string, basically a string quartet, and uh, could come and just say that they wanted to play from right. six years old to, you know, K through 12, basically. And they have fantastic teachers and 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 they have uh just assistance everywhere as far as like whatever you need to learn how to play that and all you have to do is show up on mondays all the way through the school year and uh they it's pretty rigorous i mean there's no doubt you they, they usually run i don't know at least two to four hours uh every monday yeah, right and uh those kids start out playing twinkle twinkle using the suzuki method which is a really great method and you, from the time they start there and graduate through high school they've graduated people that went to harvard or the juilliard or interlochen and i've seen uh, over a hundred different just rehearsals there and i've watched kids six years old show up and you thought that they can you know not only could they not tie their shoe but they <laughs> couldn't even blow a whistle right. right and when they got to be 11 or 12 all of a sudden man it just like the you know they were imbued by god or something and the, and they could play and and then some of them just got so good that you just you were amazed at that that you know that they had that talent but that talent would have never ever come to fruition had it not been for the Hill Country Youth Orchestra and those teachers and all the people that help all those kids. So uh, this is our 14th year, that, and this is the final year, and um, uh, we're gonna, we have a goal of uh, uh, having them walk away with $250,000, and we're getting really, really close to this. But in years past, it was somewhere between uh, – Fifteen hundred thousand dollars that they've done wow, over right. all, all the last fourteen years, but this year I upped the ante. And I asked Tyler to come down and do it, and actually Tyler plays the violin. So, uh, and had Ricky Skaggs a few years ago. It was, I got Ricky Skaggs to get up there and play uh, part of the Brandenburg Concerto with the kids, <laughs> and I did not know that he didn't read music. He had to get the lady down the street to to play it on the piano and he memorized it and then he got up there with those kids and stood there for two and a half hours making sure he got every note perfect isn't that amazing that you, that it you... was unbelievable wow and then he yelled at me about three days later and said <laughs> that was the hardest thing he'd ever done that's, musically that's a pretty yeah. that's a great story yeah um okay so anybody i don't we're gonna let you go because i know it's 30 minutes yeah. but um who do you want to who would you get who's like on your dream list of playing with somebody if you could play Sade. with Sade. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why? I just think she's the best in the world. Wow. Okay. She's just, she's lyrically, musically, aesthetically, there's nothing, there's no flies on Sunday. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, like, I just I just keep saying that, thinking maybe it happens sometimes. Maybe it'll happen. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Uh, no no, Allison Krauss? Have you played with Allison Krauss? Oh, I love Allison. I've known Allison forever. I share, I used to share a booking agent with her. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I love Allison. And, and you know, there's other people that, but I've played with almost everybody that I ever wanted to play with. Yeah. You know, I, I was a huge fan of uh, Norman Blake, who's a guitar player, played on the Johnny Cash Show, but he made a lot of his own records. A fantastic flat picker, wrote songs, stuff like that. And uh, but I've played with so many really great people, and you know, played at Carnegie Hall and. You know, done almost. I don't think there's anything on my wish list that you I haven't done already, right? Well, yeah, I, went, I haven't checked off. I just did. We just did a tribute. They did uh, Texas Heritage Songwriters. Just did a tribute to. They gave uh, awards to uh, to to Lightning Hopkins, uh, Lefty Frizzell, uh, uh, Bill James. Is that it? And not Bill James. Uh, Bill James is the baseball guy. Anyway, this is the guy who wrote suspicious just minds he was there and um and nancy griffith and i was the part the nancy griffith part right. because i used to play with a lot with nancy and so we did uh three songs uh at the paramount in austin on saturday night uh nancy songs and then they gave her the uh, uh gave posthumously they gave her the award and um because she just passed what in, in january yeah no uh, more like uh, i guess november, november maybe. Right, yeah, right yeah yeah right. so but i had played with nancy 
uh, it was funny after the show, everybody said, I didn't know you did all those things. And Nancy was like, well, I owe her a great debt because she did so much for me early on. So here's the, uh, here's the, here's the, here's the tour. Um, yeah. so you guys can see it, uh, we're playing yeah. at the Ryman yeah. on, on uh, February 18th and yeah. over to Germantown in, in Tennessee and then back home uh-huh. and then two, two nights in Salt Lake city. Uh-huh. Um, and then yeah. in Colorado. I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're going to love you in Colorado. Yeah, we do really well up there. And then back to Texas. Uh, that's through yeah. March. Yeah. So. And and what we did is when I – so I made that announcement on the 14th of January, and um, we've just really cleared the schedule. So but what what's going on is that whole thing all the way through uh, the 4th of September is just going to fill up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So. You're going to be – So be, stay tuned. Gonna be, there are going to be a lot more shows. A for lot you. of shows. Uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, it's my pleasure. We, we appreciate it, it very yeah. much, and, uh, and congratulations on a sort of retirement. Uh, well, I, you know, it's just the part that it's the road part that took up all my time, yeah. and I couldn't be with my family. And I, you know, like I said, I wasn't involved in the music community as much as I wanted to. And there's a jillion things that I want to do. Right. I mean, retirement does not scare me. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is there any way you can get the uh, Clayboy Sisters to come back down here and play again? I, um, I, 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 I interviewed them. I interviewed them before their before they played your show the last time, mm-hmm. and uh, they were and it was fun. It was fun talking to them. No, they're really super talented and 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 really fun to be around. I love that yeah, Western yeah. swing music. Yeah, no, so do I. I'm a big fan. It's yeah, a great stuff. Back. Yeah. All right, thanks for being here. It's a pleasure. Appreciate thank it very you. much. Thank you. All right, thank Robert O'Keen. Well, All right, thank you, Robert. Appreciate it very thank much. You. Natalie, it's Valentine's Day. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, what if I come into the store? Which one? <laughs> uh, well, let's see. I'm a man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> bye bye. Uh, if I'm a man and I'm late, I do I go to do I go to Gold Cup uh-huh. uh, downtown or do I go to Tomei's? Uh, boutique. Where the do I go? The answer is yes. Yes, I'm both. The right? answer, actually, all and Gold Cup Pawn Shop as well. Mm-hmm. I'm still right. Still, still, affili- still affiliated. Still affiliated. Um, yeah. So all of the. But if I want to buy my wife a gun, I go to Gold Cup Pawn Shop. But the other one too. Central Texas Central Gun and Pawn. Right. That's where I've all got the guns all are. Of right. <laughs> yes, that is the primarily where the firearms are. But at um, Gold Cup Live, which is located inside of Fitch Estate Sales. Um, us and Gold Cup Pawn Shop are doing 30% off all jewelry, and it ends today. Oh, wow. Okay. Which is really amazing. I'm actually taking advantage of the sale myself, <laughs> of course. And it, I mean, I know I'm so, so biased, but there's so many amazing things, and they're all open. We're typically closed on Mondays at Gold Cup Live and at Tomei, but we're going to be open today um, just for those little last-minute shoppers or you need an outfit or you just want to add something else. We're going to be open, and it's going to be Hopefully it'll be amazing, but we do have lots and lots of stuff. Um, of course, at Gold Cup Live, I think this has been we talked about this this morning. The, yeah. the big confusion right. with our uh, with us acquiring Tomei. Gold Cup Live is still inside Fitch Estate Sales, and we still have all of the jewelry, all the James Avery jewelry, all the Native American and Southwestern, and then all of my designer handbags are still there. Right. I have Chanel. I've got lots of Louis Vuitton. I have Gucci, and those are all there. I'm ready to wrap them up, put a big bow. We even have the card for you. <laughs> you can put it in there. Um, but then at Tomei is where all the clothing is, so there's no more clothing at Gold Cup Live anymore. So it's all over there. It's and all over so there. So is it is it a mix of new and um, uh, gently worn? or uh, At Tomei? Ha- at Tomei. It's all, all brand new. all brand yeah, new. Yeah, I right. go to market um, every other month, and I find things. I'm sourcing constantly, looking right. at new brands. And, of course, everything's size inclusive. We carry extra small to 3X right. um, over there. And yeah, they're all. None of the clothing is is pre-owned. So, do you expect to to see some men kind of wandering in, like where where do I? Can yes. Because yeah. a lot of people. Because <laughs> sometimes downtown businesses are closed on yes. Monday, but not today. No, not today. Not today. Just because it is that holiday, and right. you know, historically this is a big day for us because it is the last minute, right. which is fine. It's okay. We still have we have plenty of inventory. We can wrap it beautifully and. You know, you don't have to go home empty-handed tonight. Right. <laughs> you know, you and your mom, uh, your mom is on, on the show on Wednesdays now um, talking about all the things she's got going on. Um, you guys are divergent and collaborative and competitive. A- am I right or wrong? How, how I would I describe right. your relationship with that? My relationship y- with, with your mom. You I mean, what is that oh, like? Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, we're... 
truly best friends. Yeah, right. I know that's so cliche, but right. truly, we're very, very close. We get along great. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's any. The only competition is very friendly, and it, of course, yeah. it's just between who can do more. You know, right. is Gold Cup going to outsell Gold Cup Live today, or vice versa? And you know, that's always our little. That's only <laughs> the only little right. maybe bit of competition. But um, my mom is very, very, very supportive. I mean. I couldn't, it makes me want to cry talking about it. That's the thing, you know, but I mean, it, it's fun though, because she's ambitious Absolutely. and you're ambitious. Yes. Well, I definitely think I get that from her. Right. You know, I, she's always, I've been working forever. I can remember I spent my 13th birthday part, my not birthday party, but my 13th birthday working in a state cell. Right. I remember that very, you know, vividly. And she just always, you know, had us working and it was growing up, you know, having a mom that worked, you know, a lot of my friends' moms stayed home with them. And so it was, she, she put it in me really, really young, you know, that I can do what I want. I can, you know, go after it. All of those good things. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you very much. We appreciate <laughs> it very much. Thank you. Sorry about that. Oh, oh very of nice. Of course she did. Yes. Course she did. Oh, look at that. Oh, Great. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I love it. I love that. Feeling good again. That's wonderful. That was a great song. Um, I, I love I love lot. that line though. <laughs> you know that line it's like I found two twenties and a ten in my pocket or three twenties and a ten in my pocket and I like a feeling feeling good, feeling good again. Like that's it. the best feeling in the world. It really is. It really so, is. You're right about that. You know, with that found money. Um the the beauty of you know, one of the things I think is fascinating is with Gold Cup Live, and I, I, we've talked about this a lot, mm-hmm. but I just love the fact that you have these regulars and the relationship with people. Yes. What has that been like? It's been wonderful, truly. Um, whenever I worked at the pawn shop, I had a little bit of that, but mm-hmm. not nearly to right. this level right. at all. I mean, the community of Gold Cup Live is unparalleled, right. truly, in my opinion. It's, you know, we have about 5,000 people in our group, and they've become friends. These are people from across the country, across Texas, that have never met before. They just recognize each other's names coming up on the show, and they've become friends. And some of them have met up before. And it's just, it's really just like this big, m- primarily women, but we all have something in common. Yeah. You know, they all love to shop. They love James Avery. They love clothing. They love designer handbags. And so it's kind of um, what I've, the feedback I get mostly is that the Gold Cup live show for them at 6 p.m., um, Tuesday through Friday, <laughs> and um, it's kind of like this is their me time, you right. know. It's kind of like what my grandma, you know, used to watch her soap operas and stuff, you know. Right. That, was, that was her time. Nobody right. talked to her. Um, or her true crime shows. My grand granny <laughs> used to always, <laughs> right. you know, nobody talked to her when when cops is on. <laughs> it, oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, we don't talk during Law and Order. Yes, Someone's correct. Quiet, Do, which, yeah. Law and Order's coming back, by the way. Just so you guys know. Uh, oh, which I love. Um, but it's kind of their me time, and so. It's, they just all, you know, they all share that together and it's been wonderful. And, you know, they send us Christmas gifts and my assistant just had a baby and she got so many gifts and it just made me just like, you know, it just makes you feel warm and fuzzy that there's just these people that love you and you've never met them before ever. When you, um, you know, one of the things that's interesting too, is that you have this encyclopedic knowledge of of (laughs) James Avery. Um, they call you the catalog, you know, that, you know, all of this stuff, um, but, you know, since you've done Gold Cup Live, though, you've expanded this into other areas. Yes. Where do you what what do you still have that that deep love of James Avery or do you yes. where, where are you at with this? Now? Yeah. So Gold Cup Live. It, so with the with the Tomei uh, acquisition, I the really why that's so amazing is that Gold Cup Live can now wholeheartedly focus on the James Avery, on the Native American jewelry, on the fine jewelry, right. on Tiffany, on designer handbags, which is my. That's yeah. really my my big passion is handbags. Um, I almost opened my mouth the other day to tell my wife. I said, you know, look, here's the deal. Why don't you just go buy yourself a really expensive handbag? <laughs> and that way, you know, because they're sort of, they kind of hold their value. They you know? absolutely do. I had a client um, about a month ago, and she sold me a lot of Chanel bags. And, mm-hmm. of course, my jaw dropped. I'm drooling, and I'm so excited. Right. It's the best thing ever and I paid her more for those Chanel bags than she paid retail wow and they are you know um historically this is a real true fact y'all can google it and fact check me but the Hermes Birkin historically is a better investment than gold and silver wow over time because people just you know they, they buy those because like a brand new 
Chanel handbag costs uh-huh. what? Well, so retail. Now, so in the past two years, Chanel has had about six price increases. Mm-hmm. And so right now, a bag that a couple years ago cost $5,000, which is still a ton of right, money, right. Um, is now $8,800. Wow. And so they're becoming untouchable but I can still you know it it totally depends because some of the handbags I can sell them for a fraction of what they were new but then others I have to go with that market yeah but I have it and you can get it it, and you can put it on 10 month layaway and I've got this super rare amazing you know bag but sometimes it does cost the same or sometimes more than the original retail and but that is just it's the same with James Avery jewelry if it's they still make it I'm selling it for a fraction of the cost but if it's rare and retired I have to you know you have to jump you you gotta do what you have to do but we do offer that 10 month layaway and I think that just helps with these pieces that you know I you just have to have I use the layaway all my staff uses the layaway we all use the layaway it's the best thing right, ever right always I always joke I'm like I am um, in a lot of debt to my mother all the time <laughs> because we just you always your mom something always right? oh there's always something but really my um, my big thing is the handbags I cannot resist what's the uh, if, if you're going into into gold cup today to or Fitch estate sales yes. um, what would uh, what would be a good item that you guys could could get could get for somebody who was not uh, paying attention to the day today's Valentine's well, Day. Well, we have we have tons of James Avery. We have charms. We just have tons and tons of James Avery, gold James Avery. But of course, I have a big wall of Louis Vuitton bags, and that is what I would always. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, come and get a Louis. But we do have I have like five Chanel bags right now. Wow. They're purple. They're beautiful. My favorite color. Right. Fantastic. So really we have, I mean, you can come in and get something, you know, for $40 or you can come and spend $6,500. Right. We really have that. There's a huge range. Right. Truly. If I spent more than $40 on Valentine's Day for my wife, I would probably be beaten to death. <laughs> that well, was, that was, I mean, that's where she's at with things. But you know what? I mean, I think I, it, it, like if I, I, I was thinking about this again, you know, like why don't you get a good handbag? You know, you're always... Absolutely. You're always wrestling with the handbags, you know, and you're never quite satisfied. Get one that's going to last you for a while and then, then sell it. Well, the other, you can totally do that as well. And yeah. The other thing that I offer, um, you can come in, we can chat. What is the handbag that's going to be perfect for you? Mm-hmm. If I don't have it in stock, I'll source it for you. Right. Or if you don't want it right now, I um, can put you on a list. Right. You know, and I check that list regularly and... You know, there's so many handbags that never make it on my website, never make it. I don't ever advertise it because I'm. they're just selling under the table. Not under the table, but under the radar, I guess, to w- clients. What is uh, – let's let's go back to Tomei. So, okay, So yes. <laughs> uh, for just a quick second here. So all new clothing, what's yes. going to be the hot t- trends for spring? Hot trend for spring right now is puff sleeves. I'm serious. Like you're, you got now puffy sleeves, right? Puffy sleeves and, you know, my, the joke – of course, my dad and I watch Seinfeld. Great. Right, so the, pu- the puffy shirt. <laughs> the puffy right. shirt. It's it's really really hot right now. We have a ton of it, and I you know it's not going away. Yeah, it really isn't. And a lot of people joke like, "Oh, you look like a pilgrim," and I'm like, "Well, it is the style, and pilgrims are in." Right pilgrims now. are in right now, right? <laughs> it is, and that's that's what I've seen a lot, and a lot of like retro styles are in. Like kind of nodding to the 70s, lots of bell bottoms and those kind of vintage florals that my mom's grandma used to wear. Things like that. They're just, they're beautiful. They're hot. Everyone's all over them right now. And that's where, and that's kind of the, the, the exciting part about this whole thing is that, you know, you get to see what's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, is, is, is it, is it, is Kerrville, Kerrville has sort of, I mean, when I see women out at events, I mean, like there's kind of a, there's some fashionable stuff. Absolutely. Um, there's a lot of animal print too, but. Um, it's never going away. Never going away. <laughs> never <laughs> no. going away. Uh, it, what, what is the. I mean, do you consider yourself a fashionista kind of person? Myself? Or? Yeah. I would I would say so. Yeah. I've always loved fashion. Right. I, I think I'm a little, you know, I kind of dress a little bit out there sometimes. I toned it down for the show. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun. And, you know, it's just an expression right. of yourself. But, I mean, since I was little, I remember being in elementary school and being very conscious of what I was wearing and wanting to be fashionable. In, like, the first grade. Right. You know, like, is this cool? Am I fashionable? So it's just kind of, you know, it's just in me. That's just my, that's what I love. Right. A lot. Yeah, I mean that's and <laughs> and so you know to you though that that's the bigger that's the more interesting thing is the is the fashion piece of it versus maybe yeah. I mean the jewelry's cool but I mean Absolutely. but you love well, that fashion. Well, what I always say is that I don't discriminate, mm-hmm. and I love jewelry. Right. Love love jewelry. Love James Avery, but truly, fashion and handbags are where my where my heart lies. Yeah. And that's just always been. 
that's just it. You know, you can't shake it. <laughs> you can't, you know, you know who you are. And I, I just love it. I love it. I love dressing people and making them feel good and just all of it. I love it. Um, one of the things I think is kind of fun is, uh, is uh, the idea. I like to give John and Sandy a hard time. John and Sandy Wolfmuller a hard time. They have, uh, they have, now, they have now robbed us of, of three things. Their bookstore because they retired. Uh, the men's store because they rolled it into Pampels, uh, and then Pampels they closed that too. Um, but I mean, they've done some interesting things. Though. Is there any temptation though to, to to bring back maybe a men's store for all of us men out there? Oh, you know, I get asked that so much, and my short answer is no. Okay. Just because it's already really hard to do women's things. Yeah. It's really really hard, and I've never ventured into pieces for men before. Yeah. And I'm, I wouldn't know where to start, honestly. Now, when your husband goes out in the public, though, do you have any, any idea? Do you ever say no? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that ha- it's mostly when he wants to wear like a jersey or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. My husband is a very big soccer fan. He's British. Yeah. And so he wants to wear these little soccer shirts. And I'm just like, can we just, what if we didn't wear that? What if we didn't wear that? What if we didn't wear that <laughs> shirt to this what thing? What if we wore that later? What if when you got home, you Who's his team? That on? Um, he is a West Ham fan. Oh, okay. All right. Time. So, so you know, for those who don't know, they don't know soccer jerseys in, in England are like they're like billboards. Yes, you know? they are. Yeah. It's not just like it's not, it's not like the it's not like the you know Texas Rangers or the no, Dallas Cowboys. It's not just like a little emblem. It is yeah. like there's Emirates or and yeah, then it, all the colors and then the shield and then on the back and yeah, then yeah, right. it's a it is a billboard and yeah, that is my item. I'm just like, hey. <laughs> we don't need that. He doesn't always listen, right. <laughs> but that's okay. He can do what he wants. Okay, give me the pitch though. Uh, what what what? If I go down to your stores now, what 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 do I, what, what am I gonna need to to look for? Okay, so if you are downtown, you're on Earl Garrett. You're gonna go to Gold Cup Live, which is inside of Fitch Estate Sales, right. which is now expanded because all the clothing's gone. So there's beautiful antiques. Rachel has really just gone absolutely wild in there. Beautiful, beautiful pieces. Super unbiased opinion. Gorgeous pieces. And then our cases are just packed full. We have fine jewelry, silver jewelry, James Avery jewelry, big turquoise Native American pieces. And then the whole back wall is lined floor to ceiling with authentic designer handbags. Mm -hmm. Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, YSL. We even have some Consuela bags. Coach. I say that I will sell anything from a Dooney to a Louis. Okay. Dooney to to Louis. We have handbags for everyone. And you can come and you don't have to take it to Today, you can put it on 10 month layaway which makes it way too easy way way too easy then you're still downtown you're gonna go down Water Street past Francisco's right next to the antique mall you're gonna go into Tome boutique and we have all the beautiful clothing they're all brand new it's just like a classic downtown boutique I love it it's really beautiful you guys we've redone all of the dressing rooms it's painted it looks so beautiful and it is packed with merchandise all right then I'm yeah. not done yet. Oh, you're not done. No, we're oh, not no, done. No, we have no, more stories. More, more stories, right? <laughs> you're gonna go into Junction Highway uh, to Gold Cup Jewelry and Pawn. Our jewelers in there today. All of the jewelry is 30% off, and of course you can purchase a firearm. You can do anything. There's tools, watches. Any pink pistols there at the? You know, I maybe. They might, might have a little Valentine. They might have a little Valentine. They might have a little Valentine gun for you. Right. Which exactly. It's totally a thing, and of course Central Texas Gun and Pawn on Broadway. Uh, with a beautiful mural by Aurora Jolene. Right. You've all seen it. It's so beautiful. Um, in there, they have some jewelry, but their main focus is the firearms and really kind of classic guy stuff. They have these beautiful handmade knives and crossbows and just cool stuff. So literally, we can get you a present today. We can get you right. anything you want for anyone. Right. <laughs> uh, when your mom was on the show last, uh, we were talking about pawning stuff, and she goes, what are you talking about? You got all this stuff here. Look at all this. You got this, 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 this. You uh-huh. pawn all this. So yeah, so she's she's, oh, yeah. she's she's fun to talk to. She yeah, she is. Uh, <laughs> happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It's always, always, a always. Pleasure. Uh, when are we gonna do it? We have to do another fashion show. Oh my gosh, we absolutely must. When when can we do that again? Well, you know what? If you call Jessica, my assistant, <laughs> we can figure out the perfect time. Yeah, let's figure that out. I would out. love to, and I'm about to go. This month is crazy for us. We have um a, a convention that my mom and I love going to. It is the Texas Pawnbrokers Convention. And that sounds like, oh my gosh, that sounds not fun. It is so much fun. We look forward to it so much every year. I, I I like I, I just like watching when you guys post the photos and the videos oh and stuff my like gosh. that. So, uh, it's so much fun. It's so much fun. I uh, love it. 
one other little story I want to share with you is that you guys got hacked on Instagram. Oh my gosh! It was terrible. You were my hero. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I, that, that's not that wasn't the point of that. I wasn't trying looking for a praise on this thing. What I found fascinating, and I was in the same boat because it was a it was one of these deals where you get hacked. Oh, give us money. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait a minute, Natalie needs money. Well, they said, can you do me a favor? Yeah. They really made it like. I yeah. was like, you know what? Kudos, because y'all made this very. I know. It was like, hey, can I just borrow two hundred bucks? And I was like, I was kind of like, if it, if it had been, if they had used proper grammar, yes. I probably would have done it. Uh huh. But people did. They came to you. They, they did. It honestly, it was, it was very very stressful. But watching the community kind of like it made me feel very cared right. about. I yeah. had people calling all day long, texting. Yeah. One of my sweet, sweet clients texted me and said, are you okay? I'm coming. Don't worry. I'm coming to you right now. It's, and also you do not have to pay me back. I do not worry. It was, I mean, it was the sweet, I mean, it was so sweet. Yeah, It was, it, it was amazing. It was, it was what, what, that's what concerned me the most about it was that I knew that you would have these really, really loyal customers. I was, I was thankful. No one sent any money. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yes. Hey, thanks a lot for being here. Oh, thank you. Liz. Good talking to you as always. All right, everybody. Tomorrow, uh, I think we're going to talk about quilts tomorrow. Fantastic. Yeah, it's always got oh, something going on. I love on. quilts. Yeah, there's a quilt show this weekend oh, uh, at the Hill Country Youth Event Center. So, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. <laughs> uh, we got shows all week. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing, but we'll get that. Read the newsletter. Don't forget to subscribe to the lead. Um, it is five ninety nine a month or um, fifty four ninety nine a year. We just uh, we 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 would love to have you join us, and you get the free benefits that we have with our newsletter that's published today. This morning was jam packed. We had a lot of stuff in it this morning. Thanks, Robert O'Keen, for being here. That was a pl- privilege and a pleasure to talk to him. Uh, well, again, we will see you guys tomorrow.